Welcome to Good Time Sports. Baseball happened. Football happened. That was Race, such a riveting a race, speech you just gave us before you turned race, on the on Race button. is happening. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. You seem so happy to be here. I'm just very tired. <laughs> I'll get into it, though. Welcome on into the Good Time Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Carson. Joined by me, as always, is Colin Brown, and we have Andrew Maloney behind the desk and board producing, I guess, today. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know if he's really here or not. We'll find out later on. Uh, we got, we're got. we going to be covering some baseball, F1, college football, and NFL, because football is back. And, of course, we'll end it on this day in sports. So, let's get into it. Well, I guess we'll start with baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's what's up on the TV. I know. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, the Rangers, um, <clears throat> they sit 0.5 games back from a wild card spot. They can still do it, but they also have to go through the Blue Jays. So we'll see about that. There, my The reality of what I predicted before, which is we'll be lucky if we get a wild card spot, is coming true now. Yeah. Unfortunately, after they led us to believe we were going to win the fucking AL. Yeah. It's a crappy way to kind of go about it. Uh, Matt Olson is on fire and is batting insane. Uh, what is he batting? A 1.767 OPS in his last seven games with two home runs shy of 50. And Trey Turner has hit nine home runs in his last ten games. Nice. So, Colin, what you got? I got some standings. You got some standings? Let's cover some standings. Well, as you mentioned, the Rangers are .5 games back of that wild card, last wild card spot, which is held by my Seattle Mariners, who have not looked uh, great as of late, losing their last three. And, yeah, kind of like as I figured, the Houston Astros are taking their rightful spot atop the AL West, and everything is back in order it feels like and it stinks yep uh some big news out of the angels though what's that if mike trout is willing to move to another team the angels said they're willing to trade him they have to go full re- rebuild at this point they that's what, yeah. you remember how i said about shohei contract yeah i'm just saying trade shohei and just get someone every prospect known to man you can get from someone and draft picks and everything in between which i mean you can't even be mad if you're an Angels fan, because Trout's given you everything he's given you um, over the years. <laughs> yeah, and Los Angeles has given him nothing in return. They gave him... He deserves a ring, man. He's one of the best players in baseball. We need to see him in October. And yep. he deserves to go to a good contender. So, oh, for his sake that he does. Philly, Rangers, Astros. There's going to be a lot of buyers for him. Atlanta. So, take your pick if he can stay healthy. Rangers, yeah. I think they just need to take Trout and Shohei and... Keep everyone that they've got. Since when did you get the Yankees payroll? Yeah. Or the Dodgers payroll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering when that happened. Um, No, the Rangers will be in play uh, for both. uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Oh, Um, 100%. They'd be 
like just insane not to. <laughs> I think but, every team yeah. in baseball but, needs to be in contention. Yeah, well, it, it's the fact that the Rangers kind of have to balance it out, right? Because you have guys coming up that the Rangers need to pay. I mean, obviously Josh Young eventually. You need a, a Dolis. Needs to get, he's is about pay. to be off his rookie deal. Martin Perez, are you going to keep him? Like, there's some guys that Rangers are going to have to look at, and they you know, need closers too. Yeah, and it's just you have to weigh the pros and cons of potentially signing a superstar like Trout and Shohei. So, yep. Yeah, and also just can you afford it? Yeah, no, that's I mean that's literally the main thing I was discussing. So, yep. Seattle, hope uh, they could squeak into the playoffs. It'd be fun to see them in the postseason for two years in a row, which is something that I haven't really been able to say in my lifetime. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm hopeful for the Mariners. They've just I I knew that that hot streak was going to come to an end, and now we're getting into last month, and they just absolutely need to ramp it up again. Because the Rangers will come in and steal that last wild card spot if they're not careful. Yep. So, which hopefully we can. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Houston. They to me are. You know what the weird thing is about Houston is to me, I could a hundred percent see them winning the American League, just in short order. Just yeah. because the Orioles, I don't trust them because they're a young team. Yeah. Tampa is missing two of their big con- key contributors. Yep. Um, and yeah, Houston just kind of strolls in. They're the veteran group. They obviously won the World Series last year, and then they just end up right back there. So I, Houston's a sneaky AL contender that we have not talked about as much as we should have this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros take the American League. Yeah, and I just I don't really foresee the Twins doing much damage there. So. <laughs> hey, oh, well. you, you know what? I'm happy I predicted them to win the division, but outside of that, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go home in the first round. Yeah. So uh, Worst yeah. division in baseball. Yep, the AL Central. I agree. But the Rangers hey, were there, we'd uh, be a lock. I mean, yeah, you'd be you'd be up on the Twins. So, yep. Yeah. And then you get to the best, arguably, division in baseball, the AL East. Uh, Orioles, yeah. I mean, they're they're a regular season team that we'll see what they look like in the postseason. To me, um, Tampa's right behind them, and then Toronto, uh, late Toronto. Brennan's been high on Toronto. I feel like for the last couple of years now, they and, just stay solid, and they're just they have a good core. But. Again, you're competing with the Orioles in Tampa Bay yeah. time after time. Time if, after time. It feels like they've just kind of had really inopportune, <laughs> similar to the Rangers, where they've had really inopportune injuries that have kind of derailed them this year. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, it shows credit to them and their core that they've been able to bounce back to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Andrew's trying to stay awake over there, so. <laughs> Doing all right over there, buddy? Yeah. Okay. Do we need you to go do some jumping jacks real quick? Get no, the blood I'm, pumping. I'm okay. I just didn't have enough water today. Uh, you got a whole Stanley, and you're telling me you don't drink enough water? Only had one today. Only one Stanley? Yeah. I usually drink four or five. I only had one glass of water today, so. I, I drink water religiously, so. It's probably not a good thing. Yeah. Caffeine keeps me alive. <laughs> He's like, there's water in that. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit. He's like, there's water in coffee, isn't there? Right, yeah. I'm drinking this Powerade. It says 50% more electrolytes. Uh, not sponsored, but we'd love to be. Uh, <laughs> Liquid death, please. Please yeah. sponsor us. Oh, yeah. my God, bro. Please, please sponsor us. Um, oh, that's the issue. I bought their teas. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. So my tea and caffeine intake increased and not the water. Just drink water. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. Wow, we're anti-water, apparently. No, so we're not. <laughs> so we're not if it comes to liquid death. Yeah. Gatorade. All right. Uh, moving on to the, I guess, water or Gatorade, depending on your preference, of the Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves, who are sitting at 94 and 49. They have yet to hit 50 losses. 200 plus 240 runs. And they're locked already. Yep. 
They are in the postseason. They becoming the first team in Major League Baseball to clinch a postseason berth. Uh, yeah, they're they're the favorites. Did right? they win against Philly today? Uh, yeah, we were watching that game. I don't know if they ended up pulling it out, but I would assume so because this was updated. I don't know if you've refreshed the page, but um, yeah, they should have won today. Yep, looks like they did. So you're yep. So they're on the a two second game, game is going right now, and Phillies are up four to nothing. Yeah, so they're playing a doubleheader today. Uh, look, Philly. It'll be nice for them to get in the postseason. They deserve to after the run they did last year. Um, but yeah, they're no, they're not in competition for Atlanta, in my opinion. No. no. Uh, Milwaukee leads the Central. My pick to win the Central. Uh, they're barely beating the Cubs, who have been, I would argue, the biggest surprise of um, the season. Arguably, the Cubs were projected to be potentially where the Cardinals are sitting right now, and the Cardinals are projected where the Cubs are right now. Yeah. Uh, and they're only three games back in that division, so. Definitely keep some something to keep an eye on there with the Cincinnati Reds following them. Uh, I need Ellie De La Cruz in the postseason, man. Can we make that happen? Not this year. I just, dude, they didn't make enough moves at the trade deadline. They did nothing, really. Exactly. They didn't. <laughs> they just needed to do more to capitalize on the momentum that they had. Now they got to hope next year that they'll have the same kind of magic that they did. The Reds were hoping zero plus zero equaled one. Exactly. And it did not happen. Yep. So we'll see what their season looks like. But the Los Angeles Dodgers, even with all the drama, still lead the NL West over the Arizona Diamondbacks, followed closely by the San Francisco Giants and the disappointing San Diego Padres. Yeah, and honestly, the Dodgers are going to be the only ones that can give them a run for their money. Otherwise, I think Atlanta will have it on lockdown. And that's the thing, because of all the drama that Los Angeles is going through, I don't even feel confident in Los Angeles. Yep, there's just too much going on. But we'll see. I mean, we are. This is September 11th, the day that we're recording this. Um, so we'll see. All right. Are you ready for uh, your time to shine here? Get, get your water. <sighs> I guess so. I went, take I, your breath. I'm about to say, I went three hours last week. So I think I can do a little quick. You went three hours yeah, by yourself? He went three hours. Have you not look at... This tells how much you pay attention to our own pod. Yes, three mm. hours I went last week. That's a bit me. Uh, for those of y'all wondering, we are hiring a new position to replace Andrew <laughs> in, uh, since he doesn't pay attention. Someone that drinks more waters in the day, apparently, or can keep himself thirsty. Get right. to updating. All right. Are you ready? Reese Hoskins, torn left ACL, was expected to run on the field and do some agility work prior to Sunday's game. Felix Batista, after suffering a partial tear in his right UCL, has a chance to return to the Orioles' bullpen this season. Manny Machado was out of Sunday's lineup due to lingering soreness in his right elbow. He is considered day-to-day. Wouldn't be shocked if they shut him down, honestly, the rest of the year. Uh, moving on, Shohei Otani returned to the Angels lineup Monday after missing seven games with an oblique injury. Great to see the best star in baseball out on the field. Trout, left Hammett fracture, has been holding the bat and taking dry swings, manager Phil Nevin said this past Saturday. Moving on down to Clayton Kershaw, who continues to work with a left shoulder injury that sidelined him for more than a month earlier this season and has had his next start pushed back four days. Kristen Yelich of the Brewers was scratched from Saturday's uh, starting lineup with lower back tightness. Marcus Stroman of the Cubs suffered a rib cartilage fracture and is scheduled to throw his next bullpen session this upcoming Monday. Isaac Paredes, right-hand contusion, left Saturday's game in the fifth inning after getting plunked on his right hand by a 93.7 mile-per-hour pitch. Interesting that they put the exact miles-per-hour on there. Uh, Noahville Marti suffered a facial contusion during pregame warm-up Saturday. He was not ready when teammate Ellie De La Cruz threw a ball to him, and Marte was struck in the face before falling to the ground. He remained out of the lineup Sunday. James Paxton rounding it out was placed on the injury list Sunday due to right knee that has been barking for a bit, according to manager Alex Cora. That is Major League Baseball's updates. We will now swing it over to Formula 1. 
broom broom. Bark bark apparently. What? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? That? No, oh no, I heard it. I heard it. I was like, yeah, all right, now we're really hiring. <laughs> I heard it. I was like, you're here and not paying attention now. He's, hey, listen, we appreciate Andrew being here. He's he's done a lot of work for his real job. So, um, as he's dying over there now from yeah. whatever cough is going on. Yeah, it's it's the water. Yeah, just drink. Take a little swig right there as we get into the Singapore Grand Prix uh, this upcoming weekend. Max Verstappen, now that he has the record, will he lift his pedal off the gas? Will he finally show mercy? No. Absolutely not. Ferrari's going to win this race. You think so? Yeah. Okay. They're the best suited car for this track. You think so? Yes. I See, to me, Ferrari works long, better in longer straights. And while I know Singapore did the kind of track remodel of that, like, last, like, kind of end of Sector 2, beginning of Sector 3. It's the time for the Ferrari. If I would love it. I would love it if something uh, somebody other than Max Verstappen wins. To me, McLaren looks like the favorite to be in this race. Oh, I think well, you're just not a fan of McLaren, so <laughs> you're biased to show. They're not gonna have yeah. a good time. He has a McLaren poster in his room, and yet he can't stand them. Yeah, you know who's on the poster? McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo, and Lando Norris actually. Yeah, but Daniel Ricciardo is <laughs> in first place on the poster. <laughs> also, you got me the poster. I'm gonna throw it away. I, I mean, it's your gift, but I, it would hurt me a little. Like, bit. Exactly, it would. That shows kind of how, but you know. Which I'm kind kidding. of person you are, <laughs> but anyways, uh, behind the scenes, yeah. not a good man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. I think it will be a good race. It, it could be challenging, but Max is just—he's so technical. I think that he could rattle off number eleven in a row. I weirdly feel like McLaren could give them a run for their money this year, this week, man. I don't know. I just have I a mean, fun feeling. I, I, like you said, I would. I would not mind someone else other than Red Bull winning. The only race. thing that actually, now that I think about it, is Singapore does tend to get hot. I mean, I know it's normally a night race whenever they race, um, but McLaren, the way their tires heat up so quickly, that could cause a little bit of an issue. So yeah. maybe like a Mercedes could step up. But yeah, I just to me, Ferrari is one of those that they're going to kind of take a step back in this race. Interesting, because I, I, I feel like Ferrari podium go <laughs> podium. I'll go uh, P1 Max. I'll go P2 Lando. And I'll go P3 Lewis. I did predict a while ago that Lando would win his first race here, but I just, Max is on an unbelievable I'm form. going Leclerc. Okay. Max. Okay. Lewis. I hope you're right, by the way. I hope you're right. Because that would be awesome. Charles Leclerc wins the Grand Prix. The Singapore Grand Prix. <laughs> the Singapore Grand Prix. Any more? I was, just, I was just waiting for you to kind of keep going. No, no, I'm good there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see this race though. Uh, Singapore's a lot of fun. I love the views are just awesome during this race. So yeah, um, it's uh, Brennan's getting some text messages. Oh, gotcha. All right, yeah. Um, from Justin and Connor. Oh, shout out to our friends. Yep, and brother. Yep. Yeah, and brother. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to my brother too. I guess. Yeah, but um. I don't have family. I have, fro- I have brothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. To poorly quote Dominic Toretto. Um, <laughs> family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. I think Fernando also could have a, a sneaky good race because I think his defense. If he gets like a P four in qualifying, I think he could just back up the entire field. Do Checo. <sighs> Checo, this is the, the thing. If. If this wasn't such a technical track, I'd be more inclined to put Checo on the podium, but I just think he's going to make one mistake. Like, he's going to go off and turn nine or something. But he's the king of the streets, just, which is... I don't know. 
I just think his his confidence still needs to build up. Like he's getting better, but I would expect him to finish before. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll be an interesting race. It's been we had a week off, you know, but I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting some Formula One back. Some early morning sports before the day of football. Yeah. I mean your Sundays are loaded, you know, with football season back. Yeah. Not the well. If you wake My up for the weekends race. are loaded. <laughs> yeah, it's true. My God, dude, I've done nothing but watch football the last two weekends. And it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful. Yeah. It's been I, I came and visited you at your place. You did. We watched some football together. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> I wish we can get into a that different way. On the next subject. But yeah. Speaking of college football, want to get into it? Yeah. Let's, please. Let's do. I can fix our computer. Well, I mean, I, we got them right. Well, in front well of you. you're doing that. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Georgia's still Georgia. They're not going to play anybody until November. So, yeah, I would expect Georgia to be number one in the rankings, number one in our hearts, all that good jazz. Um, yeah. They defeated Ball State 45 to three. Dion out there in Colorado just looking absolutely like dogs. Yeah. yeah, so number 22 at the time, Colorado defeated unranked Nebraska and Matt Rule. Uh, interesting note that I thought was interesting after the game. So we heard, you know, Dion and Shadur talk about TCU, how they felt disrespected, that it was personal, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff when it came to Shadur's recru- recruiting. And then after this Nebraska game in which the Colorado fans ran on the field, they don't know how to act right now. Um, no. I, can you blame them though? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I respect. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, Dion and Shadur again, same kind of tune as last week. Uh, yeah, Nebraska. Matt Rule wants to act one way, you know, and say something else. Like he's apparently implying that he was acting a little two faced there. Is this just going to be like a story every week with Colorado, where it's just I like think so? Yeah, they're using momentum like that just to kind of yeah. everyone's yeah, I, done them I'm, wrong and yeah. it's time to collect. Yeah, yeah. I I think so. I mean, Dion. I mean, you you heard him pull the receipts after week one, so he's obviously using that to try to motivate his team, and it's worked through two games so far. Rocking yeah. with that chip on his shoulder, it'll work. Yeah, and um, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk to it, but they've got they've got a kind of a tune up game before they really get into the heart of the conference. Yeah. Yep. Next week, I think so. I think next week is like the big tune up week. There's like no yeah. big no big games, which we'll get into. But yeah, um, but yeah, Dion and Colorado. Uh, was the highest viewed game over the weekend, averaging roughly around 10 million viewers. Yep. More than Texas and Alabama, which we'll get into here in a second. Not Yerk. national brands. L. Yeah. I mean, it's just dude. Like, prime it's, time, baby. Yeah, He'll do that. Prime time. It, it, prime time. Whenever he's on TV, it's prime time. Yep. Yeah. So, prime time. Uh, speaking of, well, we'll just run through this. Michigan also defeated UNLV. J.J. McCarthy. Again, Michigan, not really facing anybody yet. Took care of business, 35-7. Ohio then we State, get not really much. Yeah, uh, Florida State, same thing. But the game, at least that was advertised of the weekend, and I'd, I'd say in some respects lived up to it, was Texas versus Alabama. The Longhorns went into Tuscaloosa and knocked off Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, thirty-four to twenty-four. Quinn Ewers had himself a game, twenty-four, yeah. thirty-eight, three hundred forty-nine yards, three touchdowns. For all the people that advertise Quinn Ewers as being this next big college quarterback, this potential future NFL QB. First rounder, all this stuff. This was his best game, I would say, of his career so far. Then, yeah, I agree. He made incredible throws all three levels of the field. He Texas 
to be fair, also won the line of scrimmage that I did not yes, think that was going to happen. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They forced Alabama to get uncomfortable when they were on offense. Jalen Milrow had a couple interceptions as a result. Never could really get in a rhythm. And then on the offensive end, they kept Quinn Ewers clean. And nope. you can't ask for much more from your big guys up front. Nope. This was like one of the worst Bama teams I've seen in a while. It was in terms of they don't have From receivers. what you expect. Well, yeah. from the, of the Saban era, which yeah. was set so high over the years. Yep. They have no receivers that can really separate or, you know, one-on-one win consistently. Nope. Jalen Milrow, while he's a nice dual threat, he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Tua. He's not Mac Jones. He's not any of that level of quarterback yep. during Alabama's days. And I think that showed in this game. And let's just – Texas – They've got a pretty loaded offense. Along with Quinn Ewers, they got a running back duo of Brooks and Baxter who can at least keep it respectable, you know, averaging together like over three yards a carry. But it was the receivers and the tight end. Jatavion Sanders had a couple of really big catches, uh, especially later in the second half of that one. Uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jordan Whittington. This team now, I mean, I picked them to win the Big 12. Obviously, I wouldn't expect my two fellow co-hosts to do that, but I... To me, that this if they play to this level every week, which is always the big question with they Texas. They could be more than Big 12 champs. Yeah, <laughs> they could. Keyword is if. If, which is the big... Right, and and look, yeah. uh, there's no doubt that Texas played an absolutely incredible football game. Yep. Um, Their track record, though. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's Now you have to think about, is Texas just this good? Or is Alabama having a down year? Or is it just kind of a little bit of both? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and it just kind of ended up being the perfect storm for the Longhorns to go into Tuscaloosa and win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see starting Big 12 play, but um, as of right now, it's safe to say Texas is a college football contender, playoff contender. Yeah. I mean, they're ranked in the latest AP poll, of, I believe, up to third. They're four. Or fourth, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, because they're behind. Yep. So they're they're in contention. They're in contention. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Big 12 is no slouch. Obviously, you've got, you know, in-state rivals. You've got the Red River rivalry. That'll obviously be a really big game. Quinn Ewers, I'll just say this, best quarterback they've had since Colt McCoy. Easy. Yeah. So it's Easy money. It one of those things where you kind of just have to tip your cap to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, it was his first trip back to Tuscaloosa since his departure from Alabama. And team played great. I mean, they... Honestly, you don't see many games where it looks like Nick Saban just kind of looks lost out there at times, but he looked lost. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. Moving on down, USC, Caleb Williams is him. Uh, 56 to 10 Timothy. over Stanford. Caleb Williams, it, it, the only reason that he shouldn't win the Heisman is voter fatigue, which unfortunately is a real thing. Yep. Um, but he's played every bit as great as he did last year, if not better. So. USC starting off with a 3-0 start. They are also a college football contender. I think they're ranked fifth in the latest AP poll. Um, they're legit. So uh, a lot of these games were, uh, in terms of ranked matchups, not the greatest. I mean, Penn State took care of Delaware, 63-7. Washington yeah. took care of Tulsa, 43-10. Tennessee beat Austin P 30-13. Utah-Baylor was a fun one. It was. Uh, Baylor we was that leading one. that entire game. And then, well, they Baylored. And... <laughs> Utah ended up coming back and winning last second. And while I'm not the necessarily the biggest fan of Cam Rising, it is a noticeable drop off going to your second and obviously oh, yeah. third string. Absolutely. But Absolutely. Yeah, Kansas or not Kansas. Utah, um, they're to me still a really big contender in the Pac twelve. Kansas is two and though. 
They are. You did say Kansas. I did say Kansas. Uh, but yeah, Baylor or Baylor just ultimately they've kind of progressed as a program. They're going to be looking for answers. Uh, Notre Dame took care of NC State, forty-five to twenty-four. Sam Hartman, he's legit as a Notre Dame quarterback. We'll see when they get into bigger games. Andrew, do you want to talk about this next game? We have to. Yes, we do. We have to. Hey, it helps. Uh, it helps us with the bet. It does. It does. It does. Look, it does help you. <clears throat> I, uh, as a Tech fan, losing this game sucked. We were up winning with a minute and 40 seconds left in the game. And then you ended up losing by eight points, which is awful. It's sad. Um, now, as a Tech fan who watched the game against Wyoming, uh, I see a lot of um, progress. Uh, you competed with a top 15 team in the country down to the literally the last two minutes of the game. Um, but a loss is a loss. Nonetheless, you're now 0-2 on the season. And climbing out of that hole is tough for anybody. Um, Tyler Shuck looked at times like Lamar Jackson <laughs> and at times looked like Baker Mayfield. So <laughs> college Baker Mayfield or NFL Baker? NFL oh, Baker okay. Mayfield. So because yes. Baker Mayfield did really good in college. Tail end of Brown's <laughs> career, Baker Mayfield. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, the decision making did not look like that of a six year senior um, at times. Uh, some of the throws were too forced when had he just thrown it out of bounds would have given the team a better opportunity. Um, and one of those picks being the most costly where instead of having to drive for a field goal, you force yourself to now have to drive for a touchdown and a two point conversion, which then also ultimately ended in another pick. Uh, Bo Nix looked really good. 359 <laughs> yards, two tutties. Um, he looked in control. He looked, I mean, you have you had you watched every minute of this game up until like the before like to two minutes left, which we did. You would have said Tech was going to run with this and they were going to win this game, um, but Bo Nix came in at an important moment, led them to a field goal try that ultimately got them the lead, which forced us into a two minute drill which then led to a pick six. Oregon's up 38-30. That's how the game ended. Um, Oregon looks really good. I mean, they're they're a good football team. They're not going to win the Pac-12, I don't think, but... Um, I, yeah, I, listen, maybe we saw two different football games. Look, I'm not going to say anything about Bo Nix. He, outside of one throw that wasn't an interception, that may have could have been an interception, <clears throat> he played a phenomenal game. He really did. Uh, this is the type of game that, for all those people that believe in Bo Nix, I mean, this is one you'll point to. Uh, here's what I'll say about Oregon. Um, they benefited from four turnovers from Mr. Shuck, uh, three interceptions yeah. and a fumble lost. Pick six. Uh, they had to score 20 points in the fourth quarter on the road uh, yeah. to come back and win this game. Bo Nix did take advantage of some run-after-catch opportunities, and... I, it hurts me to say this, Andrew, but Texas Tech could not tackle to save their life. No, I mean, we said it multiple no. times. They we were defense, watching the game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, it was just it was one thing, right? So Texas Tech, I think their first touchdown drive of the game, they went down, they scored. It was all hyped. I mean, everybody's excited at the house we're watching at. And then next freaking series, Bo Nix just goes deep, corner just completely doesn't cover the receiver who runs right by him, easy over the top touchdown. And look, Oregon to me. There's some question marks with this team because they do not have offensive corner Kenny Dillingham, who was their stud OC last year. He's now at Arizona State. 
they've got some question marks, especially now that Colorado's emerged as a kind of dark horse, I'd say, contender in the Pac-12. Yeah. Still got USC. You still got Oregon State with DJ. You still got uh, UCLA with their true freshman who's balling out. I'm not saying, like, Oregon could win 10 games and I could lose the bet. I'm not saying that it's over by any means. But the fact that in week two, it came down to essentially Tyler Shuck just, instead of eating it, trying to make a throw happen, and it ultimately didn't work out. Right. uh, Them winning that football game. Tech, I mean, if you eat it there, you still have time to potentially run a couple plays, get in a field goal position. It could be a different ball game. Um, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. All you needed was a field goal to win. Exactly. Until and you throw a pick six, and then now it's an eight-point game. Yeah, and that's... And chasing, too. That's, yeah. we, this goes all the way back to the beginning of the game. Yeah. When Oregon scored uh, their tutty and then went for a two-point conversion and got it, and we chased that. Exactly. And had we just kicked yep. uh, the yeah. extra point, we would have been up three. Yeah, in the second quarter. Yep. And... And it would have been a tie game. We wouldn't have been down by one. Yep. And it could have been different. And Chuck, obviously, you know, had the motions. He's from Oregon. He transferred from there. Um, he obviously was playing, obviously, with maybe a little more emotion in his heart than he has in other games. But it's just one of those things. Texas Tech just could not execute down the stretch the way Oregon could. Yeah. And shout out to Bo Nix and shout out to Oregon because they got the job done. So, yeah. Uh, and then SMU and Oklahoma, kind of a similar story, is a really close game. Yeah. Until like the last like what six minutes of the game, and then OU was like, "All right, time to." Yeah. It wasn't even turn I, it on. I wouldn't even call it execute. I would call it OU just could not. Ru- I mean, they, their offense right just didn't seem as what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of urgent. Yeah. It didn't seem like they really took SMU with a whole lot of seriousness. They thought maybe this was the Lincoln Riley days. Sorry, Brendan. Um, of OU where you can just kind of walk on the field and you automatically have 28-plus points at halftime, and they ended up with 28. So credit to Oklahoma for you know waking up and executing the fourth quarter, um, but this game should not have been as close as it was, in nope. all honesty. Uh, we got to talk about North Carolina, Appalachian State. <sighs> we talked about it while we were at the house. This is Appalachian State's brand of football. Upsets. Upsets. They love upsets. So the same thing about Wyoming. They do the same thing. When Appalachian State has done it a lot recently, uh, most recently last year against A&M at Kyle Field, and they almost pulled it off again against North Carolina um, in Raleigh? No. In, in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. That's right. But, yeah. Yeah. It's Double this, OT. Yeah. It was one of those things, the phantom pass interference that was not called. Uh, yes. That was a tough one. Watching at home, it looked pretty obvious. I mean, all of us kind of were expecting a flag, and it never came. Drake May, Brendan, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not completely just, you know, sounding the red alarm here, but there's definitely some yellow flags because he had two interceptions in the first game. He comes out in this one, only throws for 208 against Appalachian State. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He added, you know, 57 on the ground with a touchdown. But there is some concern that he hasn't lived up to the quite billing that he built for himself last year. We know he has the raw talent yes. to execute and make mm-hmm. a lot Pure of throws raw on his field. Talent. But so far in this season, he has not looked the part of what he did last year. What are your thoughts on Drake May? I'm not too concerned right now because, again, this is only week two, right? There's still plenty of games left to be played. You're going to have your rough starts, right? So... Just got to wake up, got to fix the kinks out there, and you'll figure it out. And that's what week three is, really, for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. You have tune-up game, big game, tune-up fix. All the things that went wrong in big game yep. uh, go into conference play. Yep. Um, so I, that, it's, it's still early. 
Yeah, it, it is. But what I will say is the fact that his number one receiver now is in the NFL, plays for the Indianapolis Colts. He needs to find his number one target. He needs to kind of zone in with his crew because there's some new guys on the uh, target list. And obviously, uh, the transfer that they thought they were going to bring in, the uh, guy with the mental illness that he transferred, um, supposed to be a really good wide receiver for them. He has not been cleared for the season. So he was somebody that North Carolina thought they were getting, and they're not. Oh, yeah. So they're going to look to try. I, I think it's last name's Walker. I, I apologize if I mispronounce his name. But, yeah, North Carolina, now they'll have to rebound. I mean, they did escape for Appalachian State. They did win. They're 2-0. and I'm not mm-hmm. blowing the red alarms yet, but just something to keep your eye on as we get through deeper into the college football season. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about what else we got. <laughs> Shout out to Rice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Rice in the first class. Yeah. Rice beating Houston uh, on the road. What a game. Washington that, State too. The, the Houston battle. Yeah. He has Washington State over Wisconsin. This is. Let's let's go. Let's say this real quick. Yeah. The Pac-12 through the first two weeks of football, seventeen and zero. No, they lost. Arizona lost. One oh, yep. you're right. Arizona State. No, Arizona lost. Well, and oh, Arizona so State lost too. So seventeen it's two. to two. Still. Yeah. Still what really a start. Good. Still really good. What yes. a start. Um, UCF over Boise State. Really good game there. That came down to the last second. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ole Miss it, Tulane. It, well, f- yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about Ole Miss Tulane. Uh, college football was really, or football in general was really rough for me this past weekend. Uh, we lost to FIU. Um. It's the first year in the Coach Morris era. Uh, but yeah. For UNT. Yep. yep. So it's it's rough. Uh, uh, we started the day watching good old Cy Hawk. Yeah. Cy Hawk was a lot of fun. Uh, I think that game is always pretty energetic every single year. Um, one of the greater rivalries um, that we get early in the season instead of during rivalry week. Crazy. Um, you put two in-state rivals against each other. How fun it is, right? But, all right, before we get to this one, I want to talk about Ole Miss Tulane. Um, Tulane, I'm not going to lie, looked really, really good this game. They're like a half, yeah. yeah. So, until about halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. Um, Then they started looking like, you know, a group of five team against an SEC program. Yep. Um, But the way they played against Ole Miss shows me that they have the potential to run away with the AAC this year. I mean, if they fix their issues. Yeah, I, listen, they were going up against a far more talented team in Ole Miss. Um, I did pick, what was it, the Roadrunners to win the AAC. I'm still liking that pick, but Tulane showed that last year was not a fluke. They're still serious contender for a big bowl game this year, potentially, like they were last year. Um, and they honestly, they, they just kind of got to a point where maybe they got tired. Maybe they just kind of, you know, lack of execution going into the second half. It just... Kind of got away from Ole Miss and ended up taking care of it, but it was no means by a bad loss by Tulane. No, by I don't think so. Now, you know who did have a bad loss? Because they did not look like they were in control at all during this game. Mm-hmm. The Aggies of Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher experiment is a failure up to this point. <laughs> yeah. It's Without bad. a doubt. It's bad. It's, it's not good. My, now, Miami played an incredible football game. My team to be the surprise team in the AAC. Uh, ACC, excuse me. And I, we just talked about the <laughs> Damn, AAC. Damn, what a downgrade ACC. for Miami. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Miami, you know, they bounced back after a couple of special teams miscues early in the game. Uh, they had a fumble on a punt return and uh, just overall lack of execution going up against Texas A&M at home. 
And AM, it looked like maybe they were taking control. You know, what was Tyler Van Dyke gonna do uh gonna do in this one? 374 yards, five, five touchdowns. touchdowns. Mario Cristobal is a coach <laughs> that a, can rebuild this program. What a stat line, man. Yeah. I know, right? It's that that's a statement game there for Tyler Van Dyke. Not to mention, though, I want to harp on the Jimbo Fisher thing for a second. Yes, go ahead. Go. So his buyout, right? If he buys out the next three years, it's 80 plus if he's bought out after this year. Yep. Next year it's 70 plus. Yep. Year after that's plus 60. Yep. You have to go all the way to 2030 for his buyout to reach $10 million. I understand he had A&M. <laughs> a great contract negotiator. Yeah, no, A&M basically said, you know, we want to get a big name in here and one that'll like kind of build our identity around this program. And Jimbo Fisher has been living off a reputation that is far, far away from what he used to be as a head coach. Yep. And now A&M is going to have to suffer the consequences of it. Yep. I, it's going to take a hell of a recruiting class, and they do tend to recruit well. They just don't seem to translate that to talent on the football field. But this was a big game because I was wondering to know where these two programs were respectively in their kind of rebuilds. A&M seems like they, again, they're one in seven in their last uh, eight Power Five conference games. Yep. One in seven. Miami, on the other hand, beat Texas A&M. They look to be a sneaky contender in the ACC. I like where Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes are heading, and I think it's one of the most perfect things that could happen for college football is when the U is good again. When the U is good, football, college football is a lot of fun. So, but yeah, I just, Jimbo Fisher, it's not the guy. And unfortunately, a stuck with him. So, what do, we, what do we got for week three coming up? What, what good games to look out for? It's, I'm not going to lie in terms of high marquee matchups there's not i mean their biggest <laughs> games are going to be like penn state illinois yep uh lsu mississippi state uh kansas, kansas state, state missouri, missouri is always yeah. a lot of fun but uh it's still not some big georgia. massive oh, game. hey georgia south carolina i mean we get to watch dion in a tune-up game versus colorado state so you're gonna make sure you watch that minnesota north carolina uh, you'll have Washington, Michigan State, but yeah. they just lost their head coach. Yeah, uh, Mel Tucker, who has been indefinitely suspended without pay over some allegation. Yeah, which we'll provide the details when we get more info on that. Um, Tennessee, Florida, that could be an interesting one. Florida, I don't trust Graham Mertz. I don't either. So, and Joe Milton, uh, do Joe Milton things. Yeah. Throw, it, throw it 90 yards so we can see it, by the way. Did you see that pregame that he said that he can throw 90 yards, a football 90 yards? Hang on. Scroll down real quick. Or Stop. Go to the time. Georgia game. Georgia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's tired. Okay. There right, you go. Right there. South Carolina. Spencer Rattler. Yes. Okay. How How do you think he's going to do? Because he's been looking pretty good right now. He is. I, I think, here's the thing, Rattler... Obviously came out of OU, the number one quarterback in the country from Pinnacle High School in Arizona. Yep. Um, obviously did not turn into the quarterback that Lincoln Riley and OU thought. Nope. Had to transfer out to South Carolina where he's had to reinvent himself, his image, his attitude. And he's done a really good job so far, as Brendan mentioned. Um, this is also the toughest defense he will go up against this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer Rattler has a game where he can showcase some of that arm talent that we know is there. Especially going before the draft. Yeah. I mean, look, they're 27 and a half point dogs. It's not, no one's expecting South Carolina to actually pull this game off. Yeah. But if he can sit there and make some NFL throws, NFL execution, get some yardage. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll, you know, scouts are going to be looking at this game because so far they've gone up against North Carolina and I forget who they went against last week. Um, but yeah, Rattler is somebody to watch for. And I'm glad you brought that up. He is somebody that 
right now, I, I feel like some teams would still take a flyer on him day three, yeah. essentially, or like an undrafted. I'd say he, I could see day two even. That's yeah, like it's late rich. late day two pick. And look, I'm not trying to get into the Bo Nix thing right now, but like that's usually where like Bo Nix, maybe even like a Quinn Ewers, maybe a Jordan Travis, like that kind of level of quarterback. And I don't even think Rattler's there potentially yet. Maybe in the combine and stuff, he'll uh you know up his you know stock a little bit. Maybe in this game he will. Uh, only time will tell, but I'm glad you pointed that out because, yes, this is one, if you're Spencer Rattler and you're on your comeback revenge tour, this is one you want to have circling calendar. I mean, he already outplayed Drake May head-to-head. So if he can yep. go into Georgia and put up a hell of a stat line, I'm all for it because yep. I think Rattler is an NFL arm talent dude. So if you want a game to watch for, that'd be one? Yeah. I just think, purely for the Rattler. Yeah. See how it just, plays. There's not much... <laughs> yeah going on in week three basically this is avoid upset week this is making sure like andrew yes. said you come out make sure you clean up your mistakes make sure your oil tuned up right as we're getting into the start of conference play so yep. but guys guess what we get to do for the first time this year sing a cappella. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah we get to look back at week one that's of the about NFL. to be fully done after today. Hold it. Hold it. Last week, I introduced us in the NFL season. Y'all had life. I understand. Half stuff happens. But I made a, a lot, lot of predictions. Of life happen. I made a <laughs> lot of predictions. During that episode, we went 100 minutes just on NFL alone. If you haven't seen it, go check out episode 51, Good Time Sports. We? Yeah. Well, me, myself, and I. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> point is, I'm not expecting y'all to go through every prediction like I did last week. Do you just want our Super Bowl picks? Just, just give us some Super Bowls. Maybe just if you want to yell any predictions out. I mean, y'all have had the benefit of week one, but I at least got y'all Super Bowl predictions, so I know what those are. I'm going to give you my conference championship and my Super Bowl prediction. Okay. What you got? I'm going Bengals. Okay. Bills. Yep. AFC yeah. Championship. I yep. like it. Yep. And I'm going Vikings. Eagles. I, and he, I, NFC I, Championship. I, I don't like the Vikings pick. And I'm a Vikings And I'm fan. going Vikings, Bills in the Super Bowl with the Bills winning. Okay. Nice. Now, just for the audience, they did say this before the slate of week one games on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Burn and mine going. was even. So my Super Bowl, I say it's going to be a repeat of last year. Kansas City, Eagles with Eagles coming back for revenge. Okay. I just like what the Eagles. Who's got. your MVP this for year? that game? No, or in, in the season for the season. <sighs> well, now he has week one to kind of hype on or harp on a little bit. Well, week one was just so much meh. Okay, I'm going Michael Parsons. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's my <laughs> defensive player. Yeah, defensive player of the year. hundred percent. But you just give it to a Cowboys player at that point with how they played. But we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I'm so. gonna go uh, Josh Allen MVP this year. Okay. Brendan? It's a solid pick. I do like Josh. I mean, it would back up your prediction of them winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, would. Fun fact. But I'd, I'll go with Hurts. Tua Jail is Hurts. now tied as a favorite for the MVP, on according which, to the sports books. Oh, yeah, after week one. Yeah. Right through week, for, which is from. funny. It's just funny. Can we can we go through Damn the week? Damn it. Week one is one of those. It's You don't take it like 100% seriously. It, for those of y'all that are playing fantasy football and stuff, too, week one is your week to sit there. Yes, some of your players suck. Breathe. Yeah. Relax. There's tons of games left before you go and panic trade the and Chiefs do all this stuff. Suck! 
R E L A X. Relax. The Chiefs didn't suck. Patrick Mahomes was fantastic. Kadarius Tony sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah Kadarius Tony can't sucks. catch. That might be the Pass. one to panic on if you're a fan. All right, let's start player. it. Thursday, Lions 21 20 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Who called it? Not us. Justin. 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 <laughs> Justin you were right. That's the only time you're going to hear us on this podcast say that. So go. <laughs> yeah, Look, Justin, go ahead. Take it away. Yeah, oh, take it away, Justin. Here, Dan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. He can't defend himself. Oh, my God. Uh, no, look, Kansas City came out. They were without two of their three best players, one of whom re-signed, by the way. Yes, yep. Chris Jones is back. Yep. Travis Kelsey is expected to return next week. But yep. they were without those two in this matchup where Jared Goff, again, I said he was a top 10 quarterback in the league, and rightly I said that because he doesn't turn the ball over, which he now is trying to break the record for most consecutive passes without an NFL interception. Yep. And then he just sits there and executes the offense that's runs for him. And Ben Johnson is, I think, the best OC in the game right now that's not a head coach. And excellent game plan. Was able to mix in Montgomery with a little bit of Jameer Gibbs. Would have liked to see yeah, a little more. They're kind of doing what I they did. I would have liked to see more Jameer. I would have liked to see more DeAndre Swift. Well, they're doing... <laughs> DeAndre Swift, Swift plays for the Eagles. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, but I was about to be like, they did that last year, right? So yeah. you did Swift and Jamal, or you did... The balance. Split yeah. carries, right? Yeah. You have running backs for different things. I yeah. think they're going to use Gibbs as one of those utility players where he's going, he's going to make some catches. They're going to send him out on routes. They're going to use him to run outside. And, and I mean, so. and as as David Montgomery gets a little bit more beat up throughout the season, he's obviously going to need a little bit more rest during the game. Well, well here's the thing. He's going to have a prominent role because of he, his pass blocking. Yes. Of course. He freaking saved Goff on, I think it was a third down, yeah. like in their own territory. Yep. He's going to be in there because Jameer is still learning kind of the system and everything. But and Jameer, he's also a rookie. He is. Like, he's going to have, you have to give him some carries, but you also, you want that veteran presence there to kind of show him the ropes too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, caught the NFL's first touchdown of the season. Yep. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 39, two touchdowns, one interception. That was not his fault. And the fact that they're actually crediting him with that interception is BS. Well, what else would you yeah. call it? It's Kadarius Tony's interception. <laughs> yeah. Just give him an interception. Yeah, Kadarius Tony team interception. Yeah. That's what I would say. Mahomes was the man. He was the leading passer, obviously. He was the leading rusher for Kansas City. Yep. Uh, he was throwing it to guys. I think it was somewhere between four and six drops is what they reported for the final tally. Um, yeah. Tony didn't have a great game. Sky Moore didn't have a great game. Uh, Drake Bell looked pretty good out there. Uh, Blake Bell. Blake Bell, me. yes. Uh, Rasheed Rice also caught his first touchdown in his first game yep. as a rookie. Look, once they get Kelsey back and those guys can kind of go back into their supplemental roles, I think this offense will be fine. I still think Kansas City will win the Super Bowl this year. Um, but, yeah, they rightfully got, you know, humbled a little bit by a really good Detroit Lions team. Yeah, I think, I think this was more... Uh, the line showing the league that they're here. Yeah, they're here to play. They're going to be really good this year, um, and not to doubt them. And Kansas, if you can't get your wide receiver act together, just put all your tight ends out on the field in their place oh, because or, you can do yeah. just or, checkdowns. You're going to get or, Travis Kelsey back. You don't need any Kadarius Tony. <laughs> or hey, Tampa Bay might be trading a couple wide receivers. Maybe you'll get one of those. Yeah. Also, Mike the, Evans on uh, the Chiefs. Imagine. Yeah. My, or or Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um, Lions have not won a division title since 1993. Oh, I picked them to win the division this year. I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think the Lions. This is the best team, arguably, of my lifetime that Detroit's had. Yeah. Yep. So, I yeah. Wouldn't disagree with you. We were talking about that. The earlier. next yeah. best Lions team that they've had is probably that year that they lost in the wild card. To the yeah, Cowboys. with Stafford, mm -hmm. uh, Pettigrew. And Megatron. Was, yeah, Megatron. Yep. yep. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Atlanta. 
takes care of business in the NFC South matchup with the Carolina Panthers, 24 to 10. <laughs> we we got to talk about how Bryce Young just, uh, again, week one, first game in the league, but he's going to have some growing. He, yeah. he looked like he, a rookie in the NFL. He looked like a rookie yeah. in the NFL. And obviously, like I said, week one, he's going to have to grow and, you know, fill that role better. He also doesn't have the best team surrounding him, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, but I'll be interested to see how he bounces back from this. But we have to talk about someone who's not a rookie and who looked very bad this week. Kyle, well, there's a bunch, but which one are you? Yeah, which, oh, which sorry, game? I was going to on to the next game. Oh, maybe oh. I want to break down this game. Okay, sorry, Andrew. go ahead. Sorry, yeah. my fault. Uh, Desmond Ritter, he's basically Marcus Mariota, but younger. Yep. Uh, I think I picked Atlanta. This was my surprise pick. I had Atlanta winning this division. To me, with Tyler Algier, with B. John Robinson, I think that's a formidable uh, running back duo that can take the pressure off of Ritter. Mm-hmm. And with Pitts, and even though they didn't throw it to Drake London, or they had one target, but Drake London didn't have any catches, I still think uh, Atlanta has a great enough defense behind them to potentially sneak up in this division. Uh, yeah, Carolina. Bryce Young had some moments, but he's going to have some growing pains. Yeah, it, he's young. That's going to be a lot for these, just a lot of these rookie right. QBs that yeah, are playing. It's true. The Browns are now nine and one over the Bengals. Yep. In the last ten games. Yeah. Ten games. Yep. Uh I'm not too worried about Joe Burrow because this is just his kryptonite, it seems. Um No. But but thirteen for thirty one for eighty two yards, no touchdowns. That's Joe Mixon interesting. not good. Thirteen carries. Interesting stat yards. on Burrow. So he becomes the third player with over 30 pass attempts since 2010 to throw under 100 yards. One of the other ones was the Sam Darnold I'm seeing ghosts game. So that's the kind of company he's in. I forget the other one that I saw earlier. Uh, But yeah, Burrow, look, he's coming off a calf injury. And people need to start realizing, too, like I I know I'm the big quarterback, I guess, whatever, crap talker on the show. Hater. uh, Whatever. Um, Look, Different players have different standards. They have different expectations. And Burrow, he's earned the right to have a game like this and be like, we'll give you the of benefit course, of the doubt. Of course. Deshaun Watson came back. He had a couple of really clutch runs and honestly executed Kevin Stavansky's offense. Did he look great? No, but he did enough to win. That was all that matters. I expect the Bengals to bounce back. But yeah, credit to Cleveland for getting the job done. Yep. So. All right. Now, you Anthony get- Richardson, the next rookie. He looked good. That was the best rookie yeah. of the weekend. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt. 24 for 37, 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he he really just seemed like he had really great control as uh, Aaron Rodgers runs out of the tunnel with the flag. That's In a scene, man. Jets we are recording this during is, the Monday oh, Night Football game. That is such a cool scene. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. 9-11 in New York City. Yep. We will never forget. Never. Man. <laughs> nice little celebration with Soft Gardner. Yeah. That's their handshake yeah, that they did. Yeah, that's their handshake. That, they hilarious. did that in Hard Knocks. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even notice that. That's yeah. hilarious. So funny. Yeah, but Anthony Richardson, two total touchdowns in the day. Seemed to really execute Shane Steichen's offense, which yeah, turned out to be a quarterback well. whisper. Um, yeah. Michael Pittman looked like a reinvigorated version of himself. Led the Colts in receiving A for 97-1 uh, one touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, my pick to win MVP, 24-32, uh, two touchdowns, uh, also added a couple of yards on the ground. This Jaguars offense, do not be surprised if they are the number one seed in the AFC by the time this year ends. 
They have Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby, a dominant running back duo. You have Calvin Ridley coming in as a stud number wide receiver number one. You still have Zay Jones. You still have Christian Kirk. Dude, Calvin Ridley looked incredible. Calvin Ridley did not miss a beat coming back from his suspension. Yeah. I mean, we saw the training camp footage, and you don't want to take too much from training camp. But Calvin Ridley, listen, if you're a fantasy owner, you probably should go try to get you some Calvin Ridley stock because he is on fire, and I would expect him to really be on fire the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh, man. The lights, when they light those things up, man. Yeah, this is a beautiful scene that we're seeing here uh, on Monday Night Football's broadcast. Um, very emotional day, obviously, for everyone who's an American. So, yeah, really well well done. Two straight games. I think that's really cool, too. They did two games, two nights in a row in, in New York, York City. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Really cool. Uh, moving on to the Vikings and the Buccaneers. Uh, Baker? No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota is, has a terrible defense, and that's just apparently always going no, to do things uh, so well. No, seriously, though, my one of my Super Bowl picks, Kirk Cousins, uh, 33 for 44, 344 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I think he had a, an incredible game. And the interception is kind of like a Patrick Mahomes thing, too. Yeah, so. someone might disagree Except here. his name was, uh, what was his face? Uh, K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Kirk Cousins is still real mid to me. I don't like him. I haven't liked him for the longest time. I think, and Cole and I were talking about this earlier, yeah, this is probably his last year. I'm okay with Minnesota tanking this year to try to go after a QB, or at least trade to go after a QB, do something. I mean, we need a running back. Now, Alexander Madison did look good, but long-term, I don't know if I'd say he's going to be our permanent number one running back because we, we need some work back there. Uh, Jordan Addison, dude. Dude, he meshed right into this offense. I loved it. Meshed right in. I've so. been saying it from the jump. He was my favorite wide receiver coming out. I love JSN, the fact that the Seahawks got him. Jordan Addison, I think you got a steal in yeah, the first round. Yeah, 100%. Now we got Justin Jefferson on one side, Jordan Addison on the other. It's just it's a great duo right Dangerous. there. Yeah. And then you got TJ Hawkinson also out there. I and mean, you have a great quarterback. Really to throw to no, them. we don't have a great quarterback yes, to throw too. to them. Stop hating. Stop being so high because of that stupid he's, quarterback he's too, show. He's too optimistic. That's what it, it is. No, it's that quarterback show. Him and everyone else. That's what I'm saying. You got. I've dealt with Kirk Cousins for years. Damn it. <laughs> he knows. Talk about one of the ugliest games of the weekend. This Saints Titans. Oh my yeah. God! This game. This game was not gross. nice. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, three interceptions, and you just kept looking under fifty percent completion percentage too in a dome. So there was no weather effects. No. Uh, you got to think that either uh, Malik Willis or Mayo Boy is probably going to be coming in sooner <laughs> rather than later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, Derek Henry. He's kind of approaching the end of his prime. You can't necessarily rely on him the way that you used to. Uh, they're still developing a young receiving core outside of DeAndre Hopkins, who, let's face it, he's also kind of on the back end of his prime. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice Tannehill had three interceptions. Yeah, no, three oh interceptions. My gosh, it was terrible. He needs to retire. Yeah, he's he's getting close. Uh, Derek Carr, though, uh, really seemed to be in his own element. Three hundred five yards, a touchdown, interception. He got Alave and Michael Thomas involved, which is nice to see Michael Thomas uh, involved in the offense. Hopefully, he, for his sake, he can stay healthy. But yeah, Saints look like the more complete team, and they snuck out a victory yep. somehow. All right. Uh, one of the two teams that I was extremely impressed with this week. Big Brock. Big Brock. Big Brock. 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers are the most complete team in football, without a doubt. Brock Purdy came out, did not miss a beat. 
220 yards, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, absolutely incredible once again. 22 carries for 152 yards and a tutty. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. we got to talk about Brandon Ayuk. And I say this every year. The 49ers have... They do this thing every year where you don't know what wide receiver that they have is going to go off and have an incredible season. It always switches. It's either George Kittle or it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. It's going to be Debo Samuel. This this year is going to be Brandon Ayuk's year if he keeps playing like this. Colin, do you have anything to say in particular about Ayuk? Yeah. Uh, I feel for those out there that sympathize with me that had Brandon Ayuk on their fantasy benches. I had him on a bench in another very important uh, So there you go. I get it. I, it's it's yeah. one of those things. Look, I'll say this. You San Francisco. Didn't have on my bench, Brendan? Who? Who did you not that literally We'll get to that game in a second. We'll get to that game in a second. The only reason you won. Hold on. It's okay. Look, San Francisco is my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I have them losing to Kansas City in a Super Bowl 54 rematch. Look, Christian McCaffrey was my offense player of the year. He played like it. I mean, 152 yards, a touchdown. What more do you expect? Brandon Ayuk. The thing with Ayuk, right, is there's been reports ever since he got drafted with the first or with a first overall or not a first round pick of Lord. Brandon Ayuk is getting better. He's going to break out. He's going to finally do it. Will this be the year? I mean, he started off great week one, eight receptions, 120 yards. Andrew Arden went over that. To me also, look, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are not historically great at getting off to the best starts. No, no. Their offensive line looked horrid yes. in this one. Awful. And Kenny Pickett was the bearer of those consequences. So look, San Francisco came out. They did what they were supposed to do. Brock, I think, look, he's... He's the quarterback of a Kyle Shanahan offense. Is he elite? I wouldn't say so, but he's also going to be very productive and very have a lot of opportunities to get it to guys like Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the whole lot. Yep. And um, look, I mean, I, I listed this out when I was doing my predictions, right? So you have McCaffrey, mm-hmm. you have Debo, yep. you have Kittle, you mm-hmm. have Trent Williams, you have Nick Bosa, you have Fred Warner, you have Huafunga. Those are eight guys that I just named at all different kinds of skill positions slash position groups yep. that are all pro level for the San Francisco 49ers. And then you have Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Like Brock could 100% be the beneficiary of a really good San Francisco team. I think he will be. I think the Niners are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Andrew's laughing hysterically, so I guess we'll I'm turn I'm not over. laughing hysterically. This is breaking news out of the world of college football. Oh, okay. Five-star wide receiver, Micah Hudson. Oh, good Lord. Has committed to Texas Tech. Yeah. Happy for you, bud. Still oh won't help you. God. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Happy for you. You got That's the number six player in, in, in <laughs> recruit in the, the country. He was the number two player in the state of Texas. Yeah, but you know how often people keep flip-flopping now or these days? It doesn't even matter at this point. Well, we'll see. Look, happy for him. He got a receiver. I mean, I, I worked at a company who specializes in high school recruiting. I saw this coming. He's very was very interested in Texas Tech, and now he's made it official that he's going to be a Red Raider. So happy for Andrew and happy for all the Texas Tech fans. So they get their guy. Um, but getting back to the NFL, look, uh, Pickett and them, they'll be fine. This was a hellacious front they were going up against in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, they're the, to me, the Niners and the Cowboys, which we'll get into here in a second. Uh, they're the mo- two most complete teams in the NFC. They're my NFC predictions. And it may come down to which one of them has a home playoff game in the NFC championship game to see who goes to the Super Bowl, which, yeah, I said it. The Cowboys might go to the Super Bowl this year. Andrew doesn't want to believe it yet. We'll get into that. It's happening. Um, all right. Cardinals commanders. And what was... I'm not going to lie, not the most appealing game on paper, 
but yeah, Sam Howell. It was Howell, fun to watch, though. It was. I actually enjoyed watching this game. Sam Howell did the thing. I think he's talented enough to where Eric Bieniemy can kind of coach up, coach him up. And they yeah. have, look, I mean, you got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, you know, Jahan Dotson, uh, Antonio Gibson. You have uh, Brian Robinson Jr. These are the guys that Washington could be a very scary, just any week to week, give teams fits with this offense. And defensively, you know, Ron Rivera is going to coach that group up. And Arizona, you're there in the Caleb Williams race. So, you know, Josh Jobs didn't look terrible, but didn't look great. Is what it is. So, yeah, moving on over to the next game. We've got Texans-Ravens. Lamar didn't look great in this one. No. Uh, really, the whole Ravens offense didn't look great. Uh, Lamar, 17-22, 169 yards. This is one of the things. I picked the Ravens to miss the playoffs in my predictions. <clears throat> Their adjustment to Todd Monken's offense, it's going to be a transitional period for Lamar Jackson and this group. And it doesn't necessarily play to all of Lamar's strengths. So it's one of those that could we see potentially, you know, some regression a little bit on Lamar's part? Maybe, but he's got his bag. He's financially secure. And um, yeah, he's did good. And they were going to beat the Texans in CD Stroud's first start pretty much no matter what. Um, Stroud, listen, had a RA game, 28 to 44, 242 yards. Didn't play bad. Didn't play horrible. Uh, I'd probably rank him higher than uh, Bryce Young just for the simple fact he didn't have any turnovers. Um except for the fumble that he lost, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Texans are a rebuilding team. Exciting to see them this year, in future years, I should say. But then we get to the NFC North. <laughs> Packers-Bears. <laughs> that feels so bad for Bears fans, man. They, they just are can't still they had they, they were so convinced, man. This is it. This is finally it. This is finally it. Then Jordan Love goes 245 for three touchdowns on their head, bro. Bro, the fact that there were some Bear fans who thought they'd go undefeated just blew me away. Yeah, well, Bears, they were like, oh, yeah, there'll be an NFC North contender. Like, all this and that. I never bought into that stock. I had them finishing last. The Packers, though, they, to me, are the arguably most complete team in that NFC North division. Quarterback obviously being a big question mark, but I believe in Matt LaFleur. He came from the same coaching staff that had Kyle Shanahan, that had Sean McVay yeah. in Washington. Yep. He's the guy that kind of was forgotten about because he had Aaron Rodgers. So obviously yep. his kind of credit and his due diligence kind of got, you know, supplemented a little bit. Um, but Jordan Love, listen, if you trust in LaFleur, LaFleur you can trust in Jordan Love because he's going to put Love in some really good situations. Aaron Jones is still one of the best running backs in the NFL. And yeah, they've got a young receiving core that's growing with them. So this is a really optimistic time to be a Bears fan. Fields, listen, they hired Matt Eberflus from Indianapolis um, to be their head coach. Eberflus has got to sh start showing his worth a little bit. Um, Fields, it can't be their offensive identity is, hey, Fields, go make an amazing play happen every time, especially no. on third down. Yeah, It's not healthy. He leads the team in rushing. He leads the team in passing. And DJ Moore didn't have the greatest week one start. I expect him to be more involved in the offense going forward. But yeah, Bears fans, we feel for you. We really do. Uh, another not-so-great-looking game, the Raiders and Broncos. Uh, Jimmy G, all he does is win. Good Lord. By a point. <laughs> still still a win. Still, yeah. He has you one, you realize he's one of the highest uh, win percentage quarterbacks in NFL history? He's like top 10 in terms of like qualified starters. That's insane. Yeah. God. 20 of 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Josh Jacobs looked all right. I mean, he got a little bit of money this offseason. Jacoby Myers was a big beneficiary in this Las Vegas offense. Russ was efficient, just not a lot of deep play action. Um, 
yeah, this was just a really ugly game. Uh, Sean Payton also going for an onside kick to start off the yeah, game. I don't know yeah. if anybody and saw that. That was insane. Maybe just trying to fire his guys up a little that bit. Hey, I'm insane. back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just, that was a little Criminal. rough. Criminal. Who then we, does that? Yeah. Well, now we get to the Eagles and the Patriots. I really want to talk about this game because yeah. the Eagles kind of looked like they were running away with this game until the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, it was 16 to 14 and a half. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah. I get it. No, I would never pick Mac Jones over Jalen Hurts. That's not the point. Uh, but Mac Jones did severely outplay Jalen Hurts this game. He did. Hurts, here's the thing. You take Shane Steichen away, and you take both coordinators away from Philadelphia. I said it in the podcast last week. There's going to be some regression. You can't tell me that continuity doesn't matter in the NFL, and the Eagles are suffering the consequences of that. Look, they just did not have enough Great action with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, who are two really good wide receivers for Philly. Uh, the run game was dominated by Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift also got some action. Uh, Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch in this one. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones, the, the Eagles' plan on defense was to take away the run and force Mac Jones to beat them. Well, under new OC Bill O'Brien, uh, Mac Jones looks like not a terrible quarterback anymore. And look, do I think Mac Jones is going to be the next league quarterback? Especially not in the AFC, no. But... Yeah. The fact that he was able to execute the offense, they got him some weapons. Kendrick Bourne was solid. Ramondre Stevenson out of the backfield was really good. Hunter Henry, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Look, the Patriots might be last in this division just from simple lack of talent on the offensive end. But this is there's just not a lot you can do if you're a Patriots fan. And um, hey, you know you got Zeke. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> your leading rusher. So good for yeah, him credit. Which is, yeah. it still had still had a Zeke fumble, very Zeke fumble. Yeah, I just uh, dude, it's look, Mac, do your best. Um, Patriots need to work on establishing the run more if they want to win these games. Yeah, yeah. I I need to see a little bit more from Jalen Hurts uh, on the Eagle side though. Obviously, 100%. again, week one, but that no, I agree. That sideline is very disappointing against uh, a Patriots secondary, who of course. A Bill Belichick defense, that's one thing you're always going to know that they're going to have somewhat of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, this is not their strongest defense in a long, long time. So yeah. I expected a lot more from them. Dolphins, Chargers. It is time for a two and on meeting, ladies and gentlemen. Two attack of Iloa and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and Mike McDaniel. What a <laughs> game. Mike McDaniel <clears throat> is the best thing that could have happened to Tua. Yeah. Yeah. You can say By that far. Again. Say that one more time. Mike McDaniel yep. is the best thing yep. that could have happened to Tua. Okay. No, I agree. Just, yeah. I'm just letting you continue. Tua Tagovailoa had a game, an incredible game 28 for 45, 466 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. They were letting him throw it. He was throwing it, and Tyreek Hill. Was catching it. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, 11, 11 receptions, <laughs> 215 yards, averaging 19.5 with two touchdowns. What's crazy is Jalen Waddle was averaging the same. I Dude, I, with four receptions. Just on catch. four receptions, yeah. had seven, 78 yards. Yep. Uh, Brendan, how did Tyreek Hill fare in fantasy football this week? I don't know. You have him, so you tell me. No. Yeah. Because that's the only reason you won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't say it. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> but, but I had him, so. Yeah. Uh, it's not like Colin. What do you mean? Oh, I, I, had, to against, I, guess, I had to go up against so many high scores. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, look, I know these guys are, they've been giving me crap. Oh, yeah, too. Uh, 
I'll say this. We're just saying. No, can I can I speak? All right. Look, Tua, I would argue this is his best game as a pro. Um, that throw that he had late in the fourth quarter, third down, he steps up in the pocket. Tyreek down the right sideline on the run was one of the best throws that I've seen him make. He deserves his credit. Did he also have an under throw of 10 or 15 yards in that game? Sure, but that's besides the point. He came up big when it matters. Mike McDaniel is going to scheme up so much action for Tua. It, Andrew's right. Mike McDaniel is the best thing that happened to Tua Tungabello. He's really revitalized this man's career. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the is the best one-two punch in the NFL at the moment. I don't yep. want to hear anything else. They are also blazing speed that you have to account for, which if you're the Chargers and Brandon Staley, who is the defensive coordinator, yeah, it looks like Zach Wilson's getting in here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Are they doing some split stuff? Aaron, No, Aaron Rodgers uh, went out with a little injury. He got sacked or whatever. Um, huh. Yeah, so Zach Wilson's now in the game. We're, we're recording this during Monday Night Football. Bro, um, Jets fans are in hell right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's Aaron Rodgers is here, and, and he's out. Well, we'll see what his status is. Look, the Chargers and Brandon Staley, how are you going to go into the game thinking you could cover Tyreek Hill with man coverage? Yeah. That's no, never worked in the history doing? of ever. Um, even with the corners that they have, they're just no match for the Miami Dolphins' speed. And look, Tua executed. Um, look, this is his chance, right? Because we've seen now Herbert and Burrow get extensions from the same draft class and Hertz, which Hertz was a second rounder, obviously. Yep. If Tua really wants to stay in the NFL, this is his year to do it. And look, he started off with a great week one. Hats off to him, him and Bo Nix this week. Just really just, yep. you know, really added on to the terrible week of football that I had. Um, speaking <laughs> of the Seahawks. Well, Rams hang on game. before we get into that. OK, Baltimore Ravens. We forgot to mention. Had a big loss. Oh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins going to be out for the season Yeah, with a torn, what was it, Achilles. a torn Achilles. Yeah, Achilles, so yeah. that's it's going to be quite a blow to the, that it's, offense. As much as I respect J.K. Dobbins, it, yeah, so he gets sacked right there. And, um, oh, Rodgers. Yeah, look, and he's, yeah, he came off the field after that. Oh. So that's, they're looking at him and everything. Um, But, yeah, J.K. Dobbins out for the year. It's, listen, they're, it's the Ravens. Justice Hill and freaking um, Gus Edwards, they'll be fine. Like, I understand J.K. is a better running back than those two. Yes. They will be fine. And by committee, they'll make up for what J.K. Dobbins no longer is going to be able to provide them. Getting to this game, this was an absolute gut punch to the stomach. The Rams Seahawks. So, for those of you who did not see this game, uh, I don't necessarily blame you if you're a Seahawks fan because it was terrible. 30-13. to 13, uh, Seattle... Stafford. loses no here's the thing seattle loses uh they had 10 yards total in the second half i'll repeat that 10 yards total in the second half one first down in the second half matt stafford had a party 24 38 he looked 344 good. yards kyron williams cam Akers combined for three ru- rushing touchdowns 2-2 atwell who was a bust second round pick at this point went off for six for 119 puka nakua from BYU, a rookie comes in. <laughs> 10 receptions for 119 yards. Maybe he's the next tire, uh, Cooper Cup. Who knows? Uh, Geno Smith, only 112 yards, a touchdown. Kenneth Walker, 12 for 64. The Seahawks lost both their tackles in this game due to various injuries. Their status is kind of uh, up in the air at this moment. Um, they actually brought in Jason Peters for a visit. Old man Jason Peters. How desperate they are, potentially a tackle. Look, the Seahawks, I said this before the year, I'm worried about Geno because Geno had this amazing year last year, you know, record-setting years for Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks. 
and he struggled towards the back end. And now I'm sitting here thinking, okay, they're all invested. Like he's got this young group that's ready to win now. And I don't know if Gino can replicate what he did last year. And will it happen? I'm not sure. But the Seahawks really suffered from the lack of protection, the lack of flow in offense. And it was a tough watch because the this, answer here is we need to start writing Geno Smith off again. Is it, it is it safe to say you're with me on the letting your team tank to go after a QB? I mean, dude, look, if they play like that throughout the freaking NFL season, heck, we'll be tanking no matter what because you can't gain <laughs> ten yards. You can't gain ten yards in the second half and expect to compete. Yeah, it was terrible, and it just here's the thing. I thought when we were going to do this podcast after this game, I was like. There is no shot that there's no NFL fan base that's going to feel worse than what I feel right now. And then the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants game happened. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about a team that everyone thought would be doing really well? It was the Giants, right? I did not. Not me. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not me. Daniel Jones, not him. No. 15 for 28 for 104 yards and two interceptions. Saquon. 12 12 carries carries for 51 51 yards. Like, I don't know why they kept passing the freaking ball. It was not working. The only person who was helping them was Saquon. And then Daniel Jones, when he's running for his life. You know why they did that, right? Because they gave one man a four-year contract extension in the offseason where they gave the other guy just a little one-year bump in pay, meaning Saquon did not get the extension that Daniel Jones did receive. And it looks like Rodgers might be going to the medical tent. No, he's getting carted. Well, no, he's in the medical tent. He's going to the... Yeah, Yeah, carted off. Um, we'll obviously keep you updated with Aaron Rodgers. That, oh my God, I feel so bad for Jets fans. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting situation. Um, look, Daniel Jones overpaid. The Giants are stuck and they're not in a good place because they're relying on old man Darren Waller to be the number one option. Saquon, who respect to him, is not enough to keep this offense afloat. And now they're playing a tougher schedule because they made the playoffs last year. So, and Dak, look, he didn't have a great game. He wasn't asked to do much. Tony Pollard. Stud, two touchdowns. Defense was great. Lamb. Defense was not just great. They were fantastic. Oh, they're the best defense in the NFL, which oh is why reason gosh. that I have them in my final four. And listen, Andrew, you can sit there and humble your expectations. Believe me, I've been there. Um, the sooner you get on this hype train, this is one of those seasons where you can be really excited as a Cowboys fan because it's going to be like this more weekends. More weekends. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me is the play calling. And yeah. the difference between Kellen Moore... And Mike McCarthy was very apparent to me this game. Hmm. Mike McCarthy knew when to throw it. He knew when to run it. He knew when to run screens. He stopped using something when it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, If Mike McCarthy keeps calling plays like this and reading, I mean, and you got to remember who was calling the plays for Aaron Rodgers when Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay. It was Mike McCarthy. I don't know why we weren't doing this from the jump. Well, and look, and Kellen Moore, listen, I still think he's a really good OC. And I agree. He's work for I agree. Uh, Los Angeles. But yeah, it. we'll see how long it works before McCarthy tends to get stale. So we'll see. But I think their defense is still good enough to where it's going to carry it. Cowboys might win some games like 17 to 10 this year. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. No, so. I agree. But what a week one, guys. Yeah. We well, did it. We made it. We got through week one. Real quick, I want to touch on one more thing. Dak Prescott. Will most likely not be a cowboy very soon. You don't think so? No. I think here's the thing Dak, it depends on how he plays this year. Because if he plays bad, obviously Dallas is not inclined to give him anything. They say, we'll go the younger direction with Trey Lance, get nope. off the contract, whatever. 
if Dak balls out, and I'm not even saying be like 2016 Dak. I'm saying just have a respectable, like people are start talking about him being a top 10 quarterback type year. Um, Dak will command some money and he'll make it tough on Dallas, Dallas negotiations. And it's no guarantee that Trey Lance is going to step up while continuing to sit on the bench for the Cowboys. So Dallas is in an interesting spot where Dak's in a prove it year. He says he's not going to throw 15 interceptions. He didn't throw any in this game. We'll see how that kind of turns out. Uh, yeah, I just, it stinks uh, if you're a Giants fan because Daniel Jones, you are stuck with. God. Dak, you may not be if yeah, he doesn't perform this year. You right. are just buried in that contract with Daniel Jones. Yeah. And you're <clears> probably <throat> going trade sake one. Probably going to have to. And they're going to have to rebuild. And they're yep. stuck with an old Darren Waller. All so right. Next week, I'm looking <clears throat> Thursday okay. night. No. I'm looking at a few games. Yep. Primetime Kirk, no. I'm looking at Minnesota <laughs> and Philadelphia on Thursday night. Yep. In Philadelphia. Who, who you got, Andrew? I'm taking the Vikings. You're insane. Philly, Philly. I'm a Vikings fan, and I'm like, no. Oh, that is Rodgers. He's not getting on the cart. He is going to be well, walking. He was, but he cart. is yeah. No, he was on, but he's on. limping, yeah. He's so, yeah. limping pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Baltimore Cincy. Uh, one. I'm very interested in Kansas City, Jacksonville. Ooh, yeah. Yep. Central AFC Championship preview. Uh, this uh, NFC West matchup Ooh. between the Niners and the Rams. Yep. And Niners de- cover. Depending Niners on the Rogers. outcome of Aaron Rodgers, Dallas, and the Jets. I'll be kind of interested to see this Washington-Denver game, too. I'm very interested in Miami-New England as well. Yeah. Uh, that could be a good one. I'm personally looking at Seattle at Detroit for no Ooh. particular reason other than the fact that I like watching good football. Detroit has that, what and is one that, team does not. What is that Monday night matchup? It's New Orleans, Carolina, and then also Cleveland-Pittsburgh. Yep. Cleveland-Pittsburgh will be interesting. I'll watch that one, yeah, but... Um, I mean, I'll watch both, but I'm just... I mean, I'm going to be watching... Tampa Bay-Chicago will be an interesting game, because yes, I think ba- Baker yep. could have a game against Chicago's defense, and I think that Justin Fields could have... Of a potential rebound game. Is so. this the year Baker's back? No. <laughs> no. But that was the NFL. And we'll move it on over to uh, this day in sports. We'd like to start off this day in sports with saying that on this day back in 2001, the um, 9-11 tragedy occurred in our nation and that we here at Good Time Sports say we will never forget and we'd like to um, honor those victims uh, and their families who were affected by that tragedy with a brief moment of silence before we get into this day in sports. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Getting into this day in sports, Andrew, do you want to kick it off? Uh, sure. If I can find one. <laughs> I got one. All right, go ahead. 1927 Yankee slugger Babe Ruth hits 50 home runs during his MLB career, 60 home run season, and New York's 6-2 loss. On this day, 1955, Juan Manuel Fangio in a Mercedes wins the season-ending Italian Grand Prix at Monza to take his third Formula One World Drivers' Championship by 17 points from Englishman Sterling Moss. On this day, 
1983, Pittsburgh running back Franco Harris runs for 118 yards in the Steelers' 25-20 win at Green Bay to become the only the third player in NFL history to rush for 11,000 yards. Nice, nice. Uh, there's a lot of, like, random. A lot of ones. I got one if you're... Go for it. There's On this day in tennis. 1956, New York Yankees Yogi Berra ties career record for home runs 236 by a catcher. On this day in 1985, Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds gets a career hit 4,192. That was tying, or excuse me, is surpassing Ty Cobb's record. On this day in 1999, U.S. Open women's tennis Serena Williams wins her first Grand Slam title, beating world number one Martina Hingis, 6'3", 7'6". And, brother, that was the start of a beautiful, illustrious, long road of winning. It was Serena Williams. It was. Uh, On this day in 1895, the FA Cup was stolen in Birmingham. So a little bit of soccer history for you. Interesting there. Andrew, you got one more? All right. Without further ado, we'll uh, we'll be closing up the pod then. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Brennan Carson, joined by Colin Brown, Andrew Maloney. Be a friend. Tell some people that about a podcast maybe. Shout us out on Twitter, TikTok, social media anywhere instagram working on getting youtube set up so we'll hopefully have that soon get some camera action going you get to actually see the people behind the mics as always peace peace